A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our very special guest co-host, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Co-host, guest, Peter doesn't know the difference anymore. There is a difference because a co-host is discussing the topics with us. A guest is the one that does the interview that is interviewed subject. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. Well, for this show, it is. The one who does the interview is not the guest. There he goes. Or no, I know that, but I'm I I worded wrong. Go. E. Wilson. Anyway, we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at... The Marvelists. We're on social media individually, myself, at Peter Melnick on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also, I'm now on, uh, what's it called? That one uh, platform site, the new one, not TikTok. But I am on that at Peter Melnick, but better. But I'm also on uh, what's it called? It's a, it's I just let me check my phone. I'm gonna open the app. Okay. Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse at Peter Melnick as well. But I doubt I'm even gonna use that thing. You can also find Eddie on one social media platform, the only platform that matters. That is the IG, the Instagram, and it is at Eddie nine one nine three. Now, Eddie, you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. We're also going to be on a new t-shirt site. Be sure to help support the show. Belowthecollar.com slash The Marvelists, featuring a new t-shirt design, featuring one of our legendary five-star reviews on the show. You can get it as a t-shirt, a mug, or whatever, I think. As long as the pe- the fine folks at One Hour Tees can make it, you can have it. I think we can do mugs, probably. Well, then that's you want a, a mug? Then that's a mug site. Yeah, do you a- want a mug? Yeah, I got one already. Like, well, yeah, it's not your face. You're looking at it. That's right. Hey. But you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Marvelists. And help support the show. You get the early access to episodes, our undying love and affection, as well as, uh, did I say Fantastic Voyage? Yeah, Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic yeah. Voyage. Yeah. You, you heard it here. Well, and, and on other episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but- Eddie, yeah. joining us on the other end of the tin can and string is the co-host of WRRV's Music All Morning, Nick. Nick, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Guest, co-host, couples counselor. I'm not sure what you guys need tonight, but I'm here. <laughs> oh, I love Eddie. I'm going to give him a shoulder massage in a few minutes. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Eddie doesn't know how to react to that. That's exactly right. I, I don't know how to process that. Um, can, yeah. Give us a, Nick. Well, I, enjoyment of the show. I like I like Peter's intro for you, Nick. But you can do do a little more on your own too. Let's get a little little background on you there. Your radio thing, because I'm a radio guy. So why not? Yeah. Well, uh, I host. Uh, Peter, Peter, you must not have. You must not listen. It's the morning grind now. Oh, yeah. Music all morning is so, I don't know. 90s? Ten, ten years ago. I, I know, so it's the morning grind. And I'm actually the host now because I don't have a co-host. Everybody keeps leaving me. Oh. And uh, I'm I'll starting st- to think it's me. I'll stay but, for you. So I'm off. 
this is the most uh, interaction I've had with a couple of co-hosts in a while. So wow. Um, but yeah, so I'm the, the morning radio, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I do there. And we're doing this out of uh, you're in uh, Orange County, upstate, New- somewhat upstate New York, depending on your location, of course. Yeah, I'm in I, uh, the, the station, or yeah, the station's in um, Poughkeepsie. So. Gotcha. Hudson Valley. It used to be, and I, yeah, I'm not like, I know it's like a heritage station. I know people, uh, so many people grew up with it, but you know, me, I'm, I grew up in Michigan and I moved to New York in 2015. I, I moved to Albany and then I came here in like 16, 16 or 17. So, um, still, still kind of a newbie to the Hudson Valley. Gotcha. And it was because of what radio, can we say, if you want to get into that, that you wound up yeah, moving yeah. into the, yeah. Yep. Yep. And how did so, well? How much radio? Let's let's go a little bit back to how, I don't know how far back you go as far as radio and uh, how long it took you to get to where you are now. Meaning, you know, on a morning show, that's that's a big deal in terms of radio. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started on the on the well. First of all, I think it all start. I was working at a. I was a, a, a under an assistant underwriter for an insurance company in Detroit. And I knew that if I stuck with that job, I was probably gonna hang myself because I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, I hated that job. I was miserable. And uh, I, I worked with someone who worked part time at um, at a radio station, and then she kind of got me into it, and then kind of went went back to school for it, and just kind of fell in love with it, and started at the absolute bottom in, in Detroit and uh, that it took me all the way to New York. So in a short, um, a short period of time, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I think Detroit area is a pretty decent uh, market as far as radio is concerned as well. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great place to start. And I, and I, I, I made a lot of great contacts and I, I got to learn from some really talented people, you know, way more talented. I, yeah, I, I, there was more talented people then than me, and I think there's there definitely still is. I'm always surrounded by people who are way more talented than me. But. You, know, you know, it's funny. I'm just thinking on a <laughs> on, on an aside though, because it's definitely different if people are not familiar with the with the world of radio. And I don't want to say that I know A to Z, all that kind of stuff. I only know from what I've done um, coming up on 35 years myself between part and, and full time. But with the technology the way it is now, and you know, you use the term terrestrial versus uh, satellite and, and that kind of thing, and with more of a video presence and stuff, I guess maybe your voice isn't the only thing that's going to help you go in this uh, in this direction in terms of radio. If you have something that makes you stand out, other than your voice, perhaps there's something else. That, it, it could be you know other components going into it now. Even with something simple like when I started, you had to have that radio telephone operator permit, it didn't cost anything. You filled out an application. At some point, the FCC said, no, it's going to be $35. That didn't last too long. And then uh, 1996 comes, deregulation, and pff, you know a lot of people are out of jobs. Welcome but to the Radioists with I, Eddie and Nick. I digress. <laughs> See well, Eddie, you're, okay, so Eddie, you're a radio guy, but do you, do you like the sound of your own voice? Do you think you sound good? Like, be honest. I have come to tolerate and understand, and uh, but you always have. If you're doing this for any amount of time, and you must know from the, the years that you've done it that you got bit by the radio bug, and it's in you, and you still want to do it, and you have the oomph and passion, and you want to get up at God knows what hour to, to be on in the morning. So I'm just glad that you guys don't have man-cow voice. 
turd, turd. <laughs> just yeah. Awful. Well, I just I I still I I hate. I'm sure I'm going to go back and listen to this and be like, oh, you sound awful. But yeah. like I just I guess I've never considered myself as much as I I like radio. I, I'm not. A, I don't consider myself a radio guy. I always got, I got into this just wanting to entertain yep. first and foremost. And uh, I think radio is kind of the the quickest avenue that that I kind of went down. So. Um, yeah, I guess I don't consider myself really like a radio guy, but... Uh, what you're getting at is you walk a lonely road, the only road that you have ever known. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah, well, tons uh, of song references here. That's all that. Well, you're significantly younger than me, as is Peter, so uh, you guys are close in age. I can just leave it at that. So there may be other uh, media venues for you to uh, discover, have, you know, one door closes, no one opens, all that kind of stuff. So, like sure. movies. But I, I think over time, yes, I've gotten... Um, that was my way of segueing into the topic at hand, Eddie. We're, we'll, we'll be right there. I've gotten used to... I, I roundabout did not really answer the question, but no, I've... And I don't want to sound what was like... the question? I'm sorry. Do you like the way you sound on the radio? Do you I, like your voice? Also, the question is a character oh. from uh, DC, The Distinguished Competition, which I highly recommend the Denny O'Neill run from 1987 mm. or or whatever the hell it was, but the, the 80s was really good. I had the whole run. Run exactly, yet It's something that you, I, did. I don't I know. I to the gym today. You build a, uh, what are, I don't want to say tolerance, and I don't want to say, oh, yes, I love the way I sound, you know, and everything I can't, you know, I'm always floating on a cloud. I listen to, I, but you're always critiquing yourself, I think, if, you're, if your inner voice is saying, oh, that didn't come out good, oh, just keep going, oh, maybe nobody heard that, you know, do better next time, whatever the whatever the case is. But, um, yeah, be, I, be best. I'm content. I'm content with how I sound. I think as people tell me, uh, they, they, I get compliments on occasion, and I'll say, yeah, thank you. It's a work in progress, and I still think it is. So, Yeah, but the thing is this. Well, think, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, go, yeah, go for it. Well, my, my thing is, you know, you always have to have that inner part where you're like, I'm not perfect. I'm not 100%. You have to have that little bit of self-critique for yourself because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, you go in like, I'm the shit. I'm the greatest thing that ever lived. No, you don't want to have that. You want to have that humility to yourself, and that helps. That's a massive Thing that makes the difference between people who know what they're doing and people that don't have a friggin' clue. Well, you know, it's yeah, a good thing I, to have. That and I, I think that and help and and recognizing when other people, your especially your competition, is doing good work. Yeah, and like I know this 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 will segue us into it, but I like I go with like what uh, I, I heard Todd McFarlane say something. I'm paraphrasing, but it was just Kids like love change. If, if if they don't, you know, get if you, they don't kick ass, your competition doesn't kick ass and doesn't get better, then you won't get better. And that's just kind of how it works. You know, if, if they don't improve, how are you going to improve? So. Right. You've, you've listened to our uh, Todd interview, right? Yes. It's basically that one and his interview with cartoonist K Faber, like some of my favorite interviews I've ever heard. And like that, like I remove myself from the equation of the, uh, the interview we did with him because it's mostly Eddie that does the talking in that one. But the whole idea of, you know, everything Todd talks about in there, he's like a motivational speaker in a way, you know? Yeah, that guy, guy jacks you up. And <laughs> the funniest thing was listening to his cartoonist kayfabe interview while working out one day, just running up a hill. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, Todd. And I got up the hill and I was I was mildly out of breath. But, I was, you know, I got up that hill. I ran up that yeah. hill. Kate Bush, Meg Myers. Kate Bush running up that hill. Yep. Meg Myers covered it, too. Really good cover. Good deal. But, Eddie. Yes. Nick. I'm here. We're all here. <laughs> and we're here to talk we've, about... We've counted attendance. Okay. About... Sorry. Well, hold on. Somebody's late. <laughs> but... We're expecting. Uh, the Riddler. 
Shout out to Josh Rosengren for that inside joke that only me and him will get. But <laughs> in regards to Marvel, a lot of the movies are having news coming out lately because last year, the forgotten year, 2020, not a lot of stuff really was being worked on. And if it was, it was in secret. But right now, Marvel is currently working on so many projects, and one of which is the Spider-Man franchise. Spider-Man is finally getting movies made, and it's going to be Spider-Man 3. And let's talk about the big elephant in the room, the arachnid elephant in the room. Spider-Man 3, according to Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not going to be in it. However, when you hear Tom Holland say something like this, if you remember, Tom Holland is notorious for spoiling things, much like close personal friend of the show, Marcus Ruffalo. He was also known as somebody who, in the middle of an interview, said, yeah, Infinity War, the characters, half the characters die, and Don Cheadle wanted to punch him in the face. (laughs) But (laughs) with this, he's saying Tom Holland, or Tom Holland is saying he will be in it, obviously, but Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and friends are not going to be in there. Now... I think that's a deflection. I think it is a ruse. He is, it is an eminence front. It's a put-on. <laughs> it's a put-on. He's coming to the party dressed to kill. <laughs> Look at that. I got to say, that cover for that record is one of my all-time favorites. I would play that video game that kid is playing, just an FYI. Oh, the video game. Uh, focus the video okay. games look cool, Eddie. Well, I think it's a, a little bit of a, 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 a hornet's nest maybe to be stirred that, uh, like you said, it's a deflection. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's definitely a buzz incentive kind of thing. Oh, no, I mean, like, what do you mean he's not going to be, these guys aren't going to be in here? We've been all hyped up to think that all three were going to be in now. No, what are you talking about? Yeah. And yeah, you know, over the past few weeks, there was a uh, comment made in regards to the movie that Andrew Garfield was seen recently and was spoiled by a DoorDash deliverer in Georgia. Now... I have a friend in Georgia who is a May Day cosplayer of uh, Spy- or Spider-, Spider Girl, Kelly McDaniel, and she pointed out something about that in regards to alcohol delivery, that DoorDash doesn't do alcohol delivery. So the guy who's saying he delivered something to Andrew Garfield, that Spider-Man guy, that's bullshit. Or spider shit. Or maybe it wasn't alcohol. What? So, no, he delivered alcohol, he's saying. Oh. So I call BS on that because, as well, because it's just, it's it doesn't add up. But in regards to Tom, or in regards to Toby and Andrew, I think, yeah, they are going to show up because this movie is jam-packed. And, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations with people about this. In regards to this, you know, movie, everyone complained about the movie, the, the first Spider-Man Uh, Homecoming having a reliance on Robert Downey Jr. The second one having a reliance on Samuel L. Jackson. But everyone and their mother is throwing babies in the air in regards to the fact that, oh my God, we're going to have Tugboat Toby back. We're going to have Andrew Garfield back. We're going to have Jamie Foxx. We're going to have Alfred Molina back. We're going to have, and apparently according to rumor and innuendo, Charlie Cox, the the daredevil. Although that's, you know, more the Boston one, you know, Ben (laughs) Hoofleck. Durder. I love Durder. Mm. But in regards to that, you know, everyone's like, they're fine with that, the reliance on that. What is the difference? It's, you know, nostalgia blinders, which it's fine. It's fine to do that. But just admit that, you know, y'all are full of shit in regards to, you know, yelling at RDJ and Samuel L. Jackson or SLJ. Okay. Um, we'll say – Tom Holland never denied it, right? Say, like, he never said anything about it at all. He runs out of the interview. 
Why, yeah, why wouldn't you think it's going to happen? Because I think, like, if it is going to happen, this would be the, the, the time. Like, I don't yeah. think, I mean, I, nostalgia, I think, will always be a, a powerful drug. But I feel like it's bigger now than it will ever be, right? Like, there's so many reboots and remakes in the pipeline. Like, I, I just think this is the, this is the time. And it makes sense considering what WandaVision is. Are you watching WandaVision, by the way? Yeah, I, I think I'm one. Well, you haven't seen today's episode. Today, We're recording on Friday, so you haven't seen today's episode yet, correct? Correct. Text me when you go see it. Just, you know, give me a heads up because I, I have so many theories and conversations that are going to be coming up about that episode. As Like I yeah. said, as we're recording our Friday episode and we're getting ready for our episode on Saturday. So stay tuned, true believers. Yeah, I've, been, uh, I've been on assignment and I have not been able to do In any, Guam. any How WandaVision Guam? input. It's, it's a heck of a place, let me tell you. And, and, and Peter, you said that, um, so in the other two recent Spider-Mans, they relied too heavily on other stars. Do you not, why do you think that is? Do you, th- do you not think Tom Holland is a good Spider-Man, or do people think that he's not a good Peter Parker, or he's just not strong enough as like a, as an actor for, or what, what do you think, why do you think that is? Again, it's n- it's nostalgia, because everyone goes on saying that Tobey Maguire is a better Spider-Man than, than Tom Holland, and... I'm one of those, I disagree. I think Tom Holland is the perfect blend of what makes the Peter Parker character Peter Parker. And, like, I'm fine with every portrayal because, regardless, they got cast for a reason. There's at least one element of the character that is reflective in what they do. Tobey Maguire, Tugboat Toby, is damn fine as Peter Parker. The absolute living shits as... Spider-Man, in my opinion, because when you have iconic lines like, it's you who's out, Gobby, out of your mind, like that line sucks. He doesn't get the quippiness of Peter Parker. He gets, you know, or, you know, Spider-Man, but there's just something about that portrayal where it just rubs me the wrong way. Then you have Andrew Garfield running around, you know, with his hair gel, the big gigantic hair, like, you know, on BoJack Horseman, and he's a great... Spider-Man, very quippy, very funny. Like, my favorite line is still the, oh, no, my weakness. Not, like, it was knives or bullets or something in the uh, first Spider-Man. I thought that was a great line. But he just did not work as a Peter Parker. He was kind of, he reminded me of Driver from Drive with that whole cool attitude. He's just like, yeah, I skateboard. My name's Peter Parker. Oh, by the way, I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, but totally, let me, I'm a, uh, I'm a, the, the hottest guy ever. Let me put on these glasses and just become totally ugly. Like, what was, was that? Oh, my God. That? He's got paint on her overalls. Like, that's just how I... <laughs> like, that, that's the thing about, you know, these, these characters. And, like, my, my biggest problem is, and I will say it, I do feel like this movie is guilty of shoehorning in as much stuff as humanly possible. And I'm hoping and praying the creative direction of Marvel Studios can, you know, balance that out a little bit where they're like, yeah, there is a lot of stuff. We admit that. But let's try and spread it out evenly. You know, like you look at you look at like and I'm it's all right to like a movie. It's to quote the boys from We Hate Movies. It's OK to like a movie. Zack Snyder's right. Justice League that's coming out is the very definition of shoehorning in as much stuff as humanly possible. And I get it. It's a four hour runtime. But 
you're still you're throwing in so much stuff. Like right now, apparently, you're going to have Martian Manhunter. Rumor and innuendo is Green Lantern. You have Darkseid in all of his gray glory. You have Steppenwolf, who's really pointy for some reason. You have Granny Goodness showing up from the Jack Kirby Fourth World saga as well, along with you know Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild, and you know Darkseid of the Moon. But you then have the main Justice League. You're going to have Joker showing up in here. At what point? And a different Joker at that. <laughs> so they oh, yeah. well, made him again. How are we going to tell he's damaged if he doesn't have a stupid tattoo on his face? <laughs> <sighs> like, I'm blown up, by the way, just mentioning every single thing that's showing up in this movie. And there's a partridge in a pear tree. Aww. Yeah, you're out of breath. Do you, do you think that it's, um, that Marvel, the, the, the talks about doing this is because of that? Or do you think it's an, because I thought it was because of, um, the, the rumor of Flashpoint, because you had the rumor that Keaton was coming back and Affleck was coming and, you know, in the new Flashpoint movie, that... Smithers Garbo is coming. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as uh, Old Man Wayne. So I, I thought it was, it was an answer to that first, but... For the, um, for the record, when you were saying Jeffrey, I was scared you were going to say Jeffrey Epstein because that, like, scared the crap out of me. And Jeffrey Epstein is in, is in Flashpoint. I don't think he's going to be in any movies anytime soon. Well, there, well, there are documentaries. There was, there, there, was, there was one movie he was in, but nobody was, I guess, nobody, the right person wasn't watching at the right time, right? It's, it's, <laughs> that? A, a plus for that joke. You, you, can, you can edit that out. <laughs> I don't know. I might, might not get too much crap for... Uh, Making fun of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Well, that's but fine. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone's going to cancel me for that. But one of the things in regards to this, you know, what could it be in regards to you know this being the response to? I actually think it's this is the response to the DC TV shows, where everything was um, the Crisis on Infinite Earths event, and that was very much a celebration of everything that was DC. Where you're having the Titans show up, you're having Swampy show up, you're having the guy from Arliss who was also in Batman 89 show up and sit on a park bench going, huh, Batman. And then you have other characters. Robert Mull. Yes. Come on. We can't, we can't take this time to recognize how great Robert Mull is. I mean, you know, I think that's his name. I think, no, Robert wool. Wool. The wool over his eyes as ironically, as he gets older, his eyes are really squinty now. He's like very beady eyed. Look at the guy. Have you seen him? He's like, "Mm." But, and I realize I'm doing it for the audio podcast because, you know, I'm painting that visual picture for all of us. A big wide brush. Mm -hmm. Just not as wide as his eyes, apparently. But in regards to this, I would say this is more of a response to that. Although, again, it's Sony going on saying, did you hear the kids? They love the Spider-Verse movie. They really, they love the pig. They love the pig. (laughs) And it's got to get Nick Cage back. (laughs) Man, I got to say, Nicolas Cage was phenomenal in Spider-Verse, and I would love to see him going around saying, oh, we got egg creams, eh? Punch a guy, eh? That's my 1930s mobster voice. Doesn't work very well, does it? But, um, okay. Well, it's, it's funny because... Um, I'm sorry, I Eddie's remember, just reaction not, was great. What's that? Eddie's what's reaction that? was like, making, yeah, I guess. Making faces. Um, I, so I was... You know, I love Batman 89. Same. Probably my all-time favorite superhero movie. And so, I, I don't know, and, and Returns, I believe, is a worthy sequel. Love the two, two Tim Burton's movie. And I was watching, 
uh, like a documentary about that. I got caught in some YouTube wormhole. And I remember I was watching this interview and, and Tim Burton was saying like how in returns they were going to have Robin. And who was the they one that gonna, played Robin? I know, I know, you know. Yeah. Does Eddie know? Does Eddie want to do that? Does he do you want to guess? We're going to give Eddie three guesses. 1990s TV stars in comedy. Sketch so comedy. 1993, right? Or 1992? This was 92. Two, I think, yeah. Who was going to be? Yes. Think sketch yeah. comedy. Show, so shows like The Kids in the Hall, Saturday Night Live, SCTV, In Living Color. In Living Color. Jim In Living Carrey? Color. No, okay, no, that came later. Sorry. Option number one taken off the table. Yeah. Now yeah. you have guess number two and three. In Living Color. In Living Color. In he's living got, color. He's oh. got a lot of brothers. Yeah, uh, one of the Wayans brothers. But which, Eddie, which? Yeah. I Damon. I Was it? No, I think it was Marlon. Okay. I believe it was Marlon. But, it, but so then I just was watching this interview and he goes, yeah, we wanted to have, which would have been super interesting and, and very cool. And, but he goes, we were going to do this and we were very close when we decided because they had Batman and they had Catwoman and Penguin. Oh my. They were like, they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, we can't possibly bring in a fourth character in this series. They've just been too much. And then you and now you're like, and now look at today. And then you look at Batman and Robin in 1997, where you have Batman and Robin. Surprising. Hey. And then you have that girl. You have Alfred. You have uh, uh, Poison Freeze. Ivy. You have Mr. Freeze. Ew. My biggest regret was I went to the WWE Hall of Fame the night he was inducting Bruno San Martino as the main guy. He comes up at the you know at the podium, and I wanted to yell because. When I'm at a show, I can actually get my voice to really go loud. If you watch a Ring of Honor TV show and you hear a guy yell, kick him in the dick, that's me. But, <laughs> and I yell it over the entire audience. It's pretty great. But <laughs> for you. Oh, oh also for, yeah. But my that's big. the guy getting kicked in the dick. That's not fun. My, Thank you. My favorite thing was, like I said, I was going to yell it. Like I, I did not realize I could have. But Arnold walks up to the podium and I was going to yell, ice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just can never get over Arnold's real names or like his characters' names, right? Like, but the Bob Johnson. I just, yeah, I was reading about the True Lies reboot that they're that James Cameron's making, and he's like, his name was Harry Tasker. What? Oh, my name. I'm Harry Tasker. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a Harry Tasker. It's sure. ha it's Harry. Yeah. Harold mm -hmm. <laughs> Tasker. <laughs> but real quick, back to Batman and Robin. You know who else was in the movie? Bane. Yeah. And it's like the, uh, played by the late Jeep Swenson, former pro wrestler, who died a few months a afterwards. Big dude. For you. <laughs> I'm really proud of that Bane reference. It all went full circle. It did not know. Okay. <laughs> but. In regards to that, yeah, you know, there's that element of everything's getting shoehorned in this movie, and I'm very apprehensive, to be honest. But then again, you look at the first two Spider-Man movies, Spider-Mans, and there's a lot of characters in each of them. You have the Tinkerer in the first Spider-Man movie, uh, Homecoming. He's in there. You have the Vulture. You have Shocker. Or not Shocker, you? Well, a Shocker. Yeah, yeah, was it Shocker? Yeah. yeah. The guy with the, the uh, plaid. He would wear the, you know, or like the uh, pink or cushions. Yellow guy. <laughs> yes, the, the padded. Uh, yeah, well, he but had he's the, in there. He had two the of them. Metal gauntlet was the same movie, of course, as Vulture. And Mike, Michael like, Keaton. It's a massive reliance on characters in here. And again, rumor and innuendo with this movie is it might be a Sinister Six movie. 
Absolutely. Sure. That I thought was where it was going to lead to after you saw the Michael Keaton vulture character cross paths with a guy who had a scorpion tattoo on him. And you said, oh, oh, here's another, you know, it's stilt man. Remember, it's not it's another possibility to lead towards that. Yeah. But like my, so is it going to, so that's the thing. And it's either going to be a Sinister Six movie or it's going to be with the three, right? There's no way it can be both. I think it will be both, to be honest, because it'll be like the equivalent of a handicap match in pro wrestling. You got a three on six. It's going to be that, you know, Hmm. he can't defeat all of them by himself, but he can bring his friends along. Now let's also shoehorn in Black Cat and let's also shoehorn in Mr. Negative because apparently Mr. Negative is going to be in there as well. So okay, well, if it's Black Cat, is it going to be? Um, gosh, I can't think of her name as, as from Amazing Spider-Man. Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man. Is it going to be her? Are well, they bringing her back? Well, no. Black Black or, Cat was never uh, Gwen Stacy. That was uh, Felicia Hardy. I thought it was the clone. All right, whatever. Um, these these timelines <laughs> are so. My thing I is, thought it was a Gwen Stacy clone. Peter, I need some help. No, help. we have to Google it. Yeah, no, but I don't. I mean, what, when, Emma, are you thinking of Emma Stone? Emma Stone is rumored Emma to Stone. be returning, reprising the role of Gwen Stacy in this as well. Again, but those are just websites saying Gwen Stacy is going to debut in the movie played by Emma Stone, and it might be Spider Gwen. Which, let me tell you, if that happens, mm. I'm stoked. But they're also rumored that they might be bringing in Miles Morales into the movie. Which, again, guys, slow the movie <laughs> down, like. <laughs> Peter, you're missing, and you're missing one too, because we talked about this, like you know, off the sh- off the air, just texting back and forth. Uh, Ned Leeds, yeah, and he's supposedly rumored. going to be Hobgoblin. Well, yeah, in the comics, Gang- and, yeah. Right. I, I love the Wait. Ned Leeds because he lost weight too, so he's in shape to be able to play a character that's imposing. Which, by the way, if they make him into Hobgoblin. That is going to be the best twist, and it is going to be the biggest knife in my heart because of the fact of how close those two characters are. Mm. It's literally mm. the equivalent of Josh became a supervillain. My best friend, jo- the legendary Josh Rosengrant, <laughs> becomes a supervillain, and I have to fight him on top of a building. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. Can we talk about how sad it is that just the, the, the fact that someone wants to lose weight is like, oh, it can only be he's doing this. He couldn't possibly want to do this to better himself or be healthy or anything like that, right? It's, I know. It, there's got to be an ulterior motive. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, poor Jonah Hill. Every five months, he like loses weight, gains weight, and he's like, oh, no, what's happening to poor Jonah over here? Yeah. I, I just think of the, the Wolverine movie where you had you know Fred the Blob, and he's imposing too, so there. <laughs> You don't have to be, uh, you know, fit, trim to to be what imposing. What an awful movie that was. Well, you know, no, it was terrible. Hey, let's take Deadpool, the, the Merc with the Mouth. I, I, that's what I hope I get. The role I get is the blob. <laughs> I hope somebody ever needs a. If they ever need a blob, they can get me. I'll, I'll work towards that one. Let's hope you don't have to work towards that one, please. <laughs> All I can think of is the Homer Simpson path to three hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to work from home. I can not show up to work anymore. Stay at home. Why isn't the soda coming out? Press the tab key. Tab. Yeah. <laughs> now, in regards to other movies that are currently being worked on, we're currently hearing, you know, we've seen set footage of Thor, Love, and Thunder, and I was talking to Eddie off mic. I was, I'm, oh, it's going to happen at least once. I'm looking forward to saying on the show, and during production of Thor, Love, and Rockets, because it will happen at, at least once, and, you know, 
Love and Rockets. It was a famous band in the 1980s, but also a one hit wonder. Comic. So alive, 1989. You shut your mouth about them being <sighs> one hit wonders. <laughs> I'll go to my reference book right now, Dag Nebit. I I will eat your book. No, he's really going for the book. <laughs> it's a radio studio's best friend, right, Nick? Uh, yeah, you sure. <laughs> it was either that. I'm sorry, Eddie. What was the question? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it had to go either way. It's like me flipping through the Marvel Obsessed book, and uh, that may happen at the end of this episode, too. But anyway, Thor, Love, and Thunder, they got some shots of the movie, you know, featuring uh, legendary talk... Or, I don't even know where I'm going with this bit. But anyway, you got Chris Hemsworth, who's going to be playing Hulk Hogan real soon on Netflix, which I can't wait for, but also Chris Pratt reprising the role of Star-Lord... And I'm digging what they're doing with this because you have the two characters and it's going to be, first off, a new Star-Lord outfit for Star-Lord. He's got like the new duster. He's got like little patches on there. But then you also have Thor running around in a red vest. And Eddie, this is not the first time, at least in the comics, where we've seen Thor running around with a red vest. Am I correct? I think so, yes. I, I can't not see that happening. I said, why not? It's pretty cool like that they're going with like these little references, these little deep cuts for this. And, you know, this movie itself is going to be involving the Jason Aaron God Butcher storyline where the God Butcher is played by Christian Bale. I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. I'm really stoked for yeah. that. What about the rumor for Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill has been a rumor in the Thor movies for such a long time, though, that I don't know if it'll ever happen. Beta Ray Bill technically shows up in Thor Ragnarok. Same with Man-Thing. You know, Eddie's... I, I, love, I, I have to look at this. You know what again. I love? I love when I say something, Eddie does his little look up away like, from the microphone. Like, and he's like, what? wait a minute. But yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. When that gigantic building shows up, you see Man-Thing's face on there, as well as good old horse face. I'll show you the picture later. Okay. It's, it's in there, and it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, Ted Salas, the Man-Thing, has been mentioned in a lot of Marvel things over the years. And again, Eddie does that little shifty eye thing. He's like, wait, let me see. Well, we're looking for the Harry uh, the Five. Where's, no. my, where's my book? Where, <laughs> so now Nick's on the right page. Okay, fine. All right. I've got so, a book here somewhere, and it doesn't reference that at all. Sorry. But in regards to, you know, that with the Thor Love and Thunder, again, I'm very curious to see where they're going with this movie. And that's the end of that story. The point of that story is I like stories. We knew that. You, lo- the you bo- lost me at Christian Bale. <laughs> Sorry. You're not a Christian Bale fan? It's not that. We've never had this conversation, but I am so anti-actors playing in multiple different, like multiple, playing multiple uh, characters like mm-hmm. in the, the, across different universes. It's, I cannot stand it. Now, what is your stance like, on Michael Keaton I'm being so in Marvel? Against it. I, I'm not. I'm not for it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm just saying I. I it's just. It's not creative to me. It's just it's like you couldn't possibly. The roles I feel are so big that they don't need. And it's kind of like how you said with the these actors coming in and taking away from the movie. The roles are so like the characters are so big. They don't need huge actors if it's a good movie and if it's a good story. As I don't long think as the actor is five that, foot ten. Needed. What's that? As long as the yeah. actor is five foot ten, you know. <sighs> yeah, he plays Wolverine, I guess. Oh no, that's man. That's you know that whole thing with with Hugh Jackman being too tall. That was the one element I always found it funny that if you get the because uh, I'm big on the Marvel Legends figures, and I love that the Hugh Jackman Wolverine figures are the same size as everyone else, 
But if you take a regular comic <laughs> Wolverine figure, the comic book Wolverine figure is dwarfed in comparison to the Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. Let, let's start from the beginning, right? So you've got Chris Evans was the Human Torch, right? Yeah. That was the first one. And, and so then now he's Captain America. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck was Daredevil. Then he's Batman. Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. Then he's Deadpool. Uh, who's the dude that played J. Jonah Jameson in the first? J.K. Simmons. Spider-Man? Just kidding, Simmons. J.K. Simmons. J- then now he's Commissioner Gore. Yeah. And now he's and back to being J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson again. Now he's Jameson again. I just think it's just la- it's just lazy to me. I don't get. There's more too. I know I'm missing. What am I missing? I know I'm missing some. There's so many more. Um, right. The talent pool uh, seems to be a little shallow. I guess. But my point is, it doesn't need to be like you don't need. Uh, ben Affleck didn't need to be Batman. That's why I really think Robert Pattinson being Batman is kind of cool because, like, he's not. Yeah, he's famous, but he's not like huge, and it's not. Um, I just don't think these these roles need huge, like these huge stars. I really don't think so. Chris Hemsworth wasn't really big before Thor. Well, now he's you know in the Hulk mean? Hogan, brother. Deadpool didn't need Ryan Reynolds, or even if he that's or maybe you think that's perfect, the perfect role for him. Green Lantern didn't need to be Ryan Reynolds. You so know what I, I mean? By the way, going over to Deadpool real quick, I've gone on record. I continue to say this. In my opinion, I think the perfect person to play Deadpool would have been Johnny Knoxville. And I'm not kidding about that because when you hear, you know, you've watched uh, Jackass, correct, Nick? Yeah. You know his laugh when he's in pain? We we heard it a lot. The guy's in pain. I think he's in pain for the entire episode. But you know that laugh, right? Imagine yeah. that coming out of Deadpool. That's the yeah, exactly. It is perfect. And like I've always said, like he would have made a great Deadpool. And let's be honest, he probably would have found a way to cut his arm off for you know that as long as he can get it on ice in within a number of seconds, <laughs> he will yeah. find a way. But I think that just I'm what I'm I'm just kind of like reaffirming your point as to I think they rely very heavily on on these actors. Yeah, the ones like that even, are. It, even uh, Robert Downey Jr. when before he did Iron Man, nobody cared about him. You yeah. know what I mean? That was a weird choice back in the day. People forget. And you it's, know, I. Well, also, you know, look at what's his name, uh, Heath Ledger playing the role of the Joker, because everyone thought, oh, he was, you know, the cowboy eating pudding, and you know, oh my God, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> all I can think is that that's I'm referencing South Park for the record, but <laughs> in regards to you know the character of the whatever uh, fart rock thing was in uh, a Knight's Tale, that that movie, by the way. Oof. 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 Let's just go. Let's just all go. Oof. 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 But he was associated with things like that. And then he comes along and does the role. And like, you know, if nothing had happened, he would have found a way to debut in the Marvel Universe as well. Heath Ledger. You know, it would have happened. Like, I would say well, I, he would have shown up at least in the middle of phase three as something. With a good agent, sure. Well, no, not just that, but just the, <laughs> the element of he would have been in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and again, look at the, the movies we just were talking about not too long ago. You look at Batman and Robin. 
the star, big Hollywood stars ruined that. Well, among um, several other things, ruined that movie. But big names ruined that movie too. And I think Batman Forever too. I'll be like honest. Tommy Lee Jones as freaking Two Face and Arnold as Mister Free. It's like let's just take the biggest people at the time and throw them in a movie, and it makes no sense. Well, again, like I've always, I think I've said it on the show. If not, this is the debut of me saying this point. But Batman and Robin, I liked George Clooney in that movie as the role of Bruce Wayne because there is a duality of the two characters. You know, you have the Bruce Wayne character, suave, debonair. Yo, it helped him get the commercial for Nespresso then. But th- this is the thing. He was really good in the role, and I, I hate hearing him beat himself up over that role because the movie sucked. That was a terrible movie to the point where I marathoned all four Batman movies the gradu- like during my graduation weekend in high school because I had never seen them. Like in, and I never saw the Batman movies until 2007. So okay. that's dating myself a little bit, but also like, damn, at that point even, you never saw those? Yeah, I never saw those person asking me that. Mm-hmm. But with you know those movies, I was getting tired of them. Like at that point, I was hoping that you know Batman died at the end of Batman and Robin because I'm just like, you know, this movie sucks. I just want this over. I think I had 10 minutes left of the movie still, and I just turned it off. That annoyed. But yeah, it was it was bad. But I do you Brevin's point. He he was a good Batman. I I just watched it. It was on TV, and I watched a couple minutes of it. I'm like, yeah, he he wasn't that bad. But it, the other thing about George Clooney, that, have you ever gone back and watched like all of his movies from like the early to mid '90s or like even the late '90s? You'd be like, yeah, he definitely did use a floby. He never had very good hair. <laughs> That's how he saved There's money. It. Yeah, did you see like they came that thing big shocking news about like George Clooney uses the Floby and they're like he he would never use a Floby. Go look at that dude's hair in any movie from the nineties. It's the same little Julius Caesar buzz cut that I had to give myself during COVID quarantine. Like, come on. Oh my god. <laughs> he uh he's definitely one of those like I would love to see him somehow incorporated into the Marvel universe. I'll be honest, like he would be perfect. Like have him as a top level shield security agent or somebody or have him involved with sword or have him involved with you know something but you know it won't happen because he just doesn't I'll, be... I'll complain because like, he was Batman he can't be in him well yeah there, there's that <laughs> point but <laughs> I think he would be good to be honest I think you know if we rewrite history and never have him be in Batman and Robin or Batman and Robin you know you remove that element he would have been great in the Marvel Universe. And I, you know, let's pretend again. Let's pretend imagination. Let's give ourselves a concussion for this. You know, pretend we forgot it. And I don't know where I'm going with this. But <laughs> who would he have played if he was never Batman? In in the... The Marvel Universe. DC Universe or Marvel? Marvel. Hmm. Gosh. I don't know. I thought Nick Fury would be a good... That's a good one. I definitely think C Shield. You know what I hate? I really hate the uh, fact uh, that every time he's got I, a, go ahead, well, every time I think of old Nick Fury, I think of uh, David Hasselhoff, and I think he was the perfect yeah. choice. Which is it's so rough to say, but it does. Like you look at him, you're like, yeah, he does. Well, I mean, if he was younger, uh, I you know just because I and I feel like it's not fair because I've seen him in the Batman costume, but I think. He would have looked good as Daredevil because you got you got to have a good chin, just like Batman. Yeah, picture him in the Daredevil outfit. But, but uh, okay, so 
I'm a, it's, it's my show for a second. I'm taking over. Um, <laughs> so, because, you know, back to the Spider-Man movie with all the, the, the speculation into, like, what all the characters we may see in this movie. I have a question for both of you. Um, let's go uh, alphabetical. We'll go with Eddie first. As, who, who do you guys want to see in this movie? Like, one character. One character that either hasn't gotten any play or bring back... Who, who do you want in the movie? Well, I guess wow. I'm just trying to think of the ancillary characters that would be in there too. That would need need to be in there to to round out the whole general you know thing of the movie. Where and I was thinking of an Aunt May character, but we we, we could probably stay back with uh, Marissa Tomei for this one. Yeah, stay consistent in that respect, at least. So we just figured, Eddie just wants to see more Marissa Tomei. That's fine. Yeah. I get that. Let's do Robbie <laughs> Robertson, the you know the editor at the Daily Bugle. Was it Daily Bugle or Daily Planet? Bugle. There, oh, yeah. Delicious snacks. You're fired. You, you put you're the, fired. You put them on your finger. You pretend you're a witch. Woo! But in regards to I love, that, I love how I throw to you. Who do you want to see in a Spider-Man movie? The Marv, I ask the Marvelists who they want to see in a Spider-Man movie, and they give me Aunt May and Robbie Roberts. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know we all right, like. <laughs> let's be real; almost all. <laughs> and I realize, yeah, I, I did I, pick a jobber yeah, of choice. I'm gonna say how, how disappointed I am in that in those answers. Nick, did you Sorry. become my father? <laughs> disappointed in me? Uh, yeah. Well, you know what, Nick? Now you know how it feels over here. Hey, yeah. but um. <laughs> In regards, like, my thing is, like, almost all of the major villains have been cast in the MCU, you know, because technically we have Tom Hardy doing that accent in, you know, the movie where he's, like, really sweaty as Venom. You know? Right. What yeah. is that accent, by the way? I I don't know. I don't know. You're slimy. Slime kind of European. No, actually, Nick, that question I was taking is, who have we not That's seen? That's borderline xenophobic, and I kind of... <laughs> who have we not seen in a Marvel movie, a Spider-Man movie, and... Or would you want to see come back? So, but some Madam of it Web. Is a, Madam Web. Oh, you know what? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wasn't she part of or in briefly in uh, Spider Verse? No, there were just no. too many characters. She might to be. Go. Well, in Spider Verse, she might be in the next one though. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, but in the instance right? of too many characters in Spider Verse, at least they managed to pull that off properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Ah. Ah. I need. I mean, this. I, yeah. I think it definitely needs, you know, I, I would love to see uh, Venom in a Spider-Man movie. I feel like it needs a carnage as well. I feel like Spider-Man needs his Joker. I, just, I, I, I don't know when we're going to ever see that, but... There's going to be um, carnage that's where as it's I leaning wear a bad to. wig. Yeah, that's where it's leaning towards, <laughs> so why not? Yeah, absolutely. God, what a terrible wig. Like, really. Like, that, that is like, it's like the love child of Little Orphan Annie... And I like how I'm, I'm that level of old where I prefaced Annie with Little Orphan, but also Sideshow Bob. <laughs> yeah, a good, perfect comparison. It's like it's, Raggedy Ann. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't know. What about as a possible super a villain in a Spider-Man movie, uh, The Fly? Eddie, you're fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. With our humbug. We're going to bring humbug in. The spot. 
The spot. Oh, geez. The worst part is this, though. They make these characters. Like, you, if I trust Marvel enough to use a jobber villain as a main villain, and let's see them try and find a way to pull it off. I guarantee you, Mark Strong, my words, okay? Mm. I think they could pull off having as a villain in a Spider-Man movie, Stiltman, as I hit the microphone. I think Stiltman could oh, yeah. work. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch we're missing, too. But Because when the Sinister Six, Chameleon's not in the Sinister Six, is he? Ye- we haven't seen Chameleon in a, a Spider-Man movie, have we? I would think so. I'm just getting a sense of these villains because I actually just for the first time read a Spider-Man book. Wow, that's a first. Read, read the uh, the current run of Spider-Man where it was the the hunted Craven saga part stuff. So I'm Ooh, yeah, you're, further, oh, you're yeah. further than me. We haven't had Craven yet either. There's so many we're missing. Yeah. And the rumor and innuendo right now of a casting choice is Mr. You're breathtaking. Keanu Reeves <laughs> is rumored. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I think that would be a really solid choice. Do you know the adaptation of the character from the Ultimate Spider-Man, where he's this big-time TV show host of Craven the Hunter travels around the world trying to hunt big game. This month, uh, Craven comes to New York City to hunt the most dangerous game, man. But not just any man, Spider-Man. <laughs> the, the the spider, man. No, he calls him the spider, man. <laughs> yeah. I just- I don't know, man. I just feel like that role just needs a tougher dude. I just, Keanu Reeves is too nice. I don't want to hear about Craven as, you know. Have you seen him shoot people tip- over a dog? <laughs> Craven tipping waitresses $1,000 and uh, feeding the homeless people. I don't want to know that about Craven. Craven's sadistic. He's tough. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I enjoy yeah, the moment. Saw. I I enjoy the moments of this show when I can just randomly crack Eddie. <laughs> Those yes. are the best. <laughs> yes, he does. Mm-hmm. But in regards to you know all of this stuff going on, we don't know what the future holds for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I feel like every time we do a show about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that line will just, like diarrhea, fling out of my mouth. <laughs> and it's very much the line of, we don't know what it could lead to. Because we don't. And again... I'm very apprehensive of Spider-Man 3 because, like I said, there's oh so much coming to this movie that if it's true, I don't know how I feel. You know, there's... I don't really want to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil in there if he doesn't have much of an impact. Like, really, what is the point of bringing this character in if he's just going to be a one, two, three cameo? And again, then you have, you know, the Alex Jonesian YouTube fans of Marvel or the commenters on Facebook pages where you hear Kevin Feige, Lord Feige, talking about the She-Hulk series and him going, you never know who might walk into a law office. And everyone thinks, oh, my God, you guys, Charlie Cox coming out as Daredevil. Yeah, well, sure. Like, I get why they would think that, but it's the element of you never know who comes in because it's a friggin' law firm. Oh, no, I slipped and fell on my ass. I have to sue my employer now. Or, oh, no, it's Howard the Duck, and he's going to sue because he showed up on a box of animal quackers. Get it? Because he's a duck. <laughs> How long have you had that one in the holster? <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's been wanting to use that one, Eddie, for a I while. I think so, You yeah. carry the five. <laughs> I thought we were talking about six. Okay. Boo. Boo, boo, Eddie Wilson, boo, boo, boo. Fine. 
Listen, mm-hmm. I don't know how much more time you guys have with me, but I got to say there's one more that we missed that I think could be sweet. Do it like Steve Tombstone. Jobs. Do, oh, you should, oh, damn it. You should have done it like Steve Jobs. Just one more. Just go ahead. Or, I missed it because, you know, Peter likes to talk over. I do. Tombstone. Oh, yes. There we go. It doesn't have to be Halloween for that Tombstone either. Tombstone Yeah. Spider-Man and a Spider-Man. Except for maybe, I think, the game. I think he was in a game, right? Well, he but, was he was in Into the uh, Spider-Verse. He was? Yeah, he was uh, one of the guys, one of Kingpin's henchgoons. Um, Alongside... That doesn't uh, count. Yeah, it does. It's a movie. <laughs> All right, rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to, again, what the future may hold, I'm excited for, honestly, the Disney Plus stuff. I think they are... On running on all cylinders. Let's be honest. All right, Kingpin. When I was yeah. a boy, that's another one. I mean, he's definitely in Spider Verse, but he, I, he hasn't been. Well, he was in Daredevil, uh, the movie. He's in Daredevil. Oh, and they had Michael Clark Duncan play him in the Daredevil movie. Right. He right. was damn good in that role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, intimidating, cool. and it always breaks my heart that you know. Supposedly, he was going to show up in one of these Spider-Man movies down the line as Kingpin. That was rumored innuendo back in the day. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, <sighs> so they could always bring a, a Doctor Doom too. Now, Doctor Doom. A lot of people are wondering who could play Doctor Doom, and it, he's the hot flavor of the month in terms of fan casting. And I feel bad for him for that because he's a great villain in everything he does. He was great as Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. He was fantastic as Guy with the Darksaber in The Mandalorian, whose name I don't remember offhand right now. Moff Gideon. There we go. And he's great as character in The Boys, and I haven't seen season two, so I don't know. But he's great as villains, and he would make a damn fine Doctor Doom. You know who got Moff Gideon is, right, Eddie? Name sounds familiar. Remember the guy it. who takes the baby, Grogu, in The Mandalorian? You haven't seen the end of the season. I've seen, I haven't seen it. I'm trying to catch I up. I just spoiled the show for you. Getting, no, that's <laughs> all right. Don't you worry about Have that. Have you seen Breaking Bad, Eddie? No. Do you know the guy who sells the chicken at Los Pollos Locos? He has the yellow shirt on. He has the glasses. I do not. I'm going to show you a picture on your phone. Oh. Nick, entertain the audience at home with a song or a jingle as I look this up on my service that is really slow. On the, uh, on I, I, <laughs> I, I fear that if I sing a song or a jingle, you'll get flagged and they'll uh, remove your podcast and this wall be for nothing. You guys could do that. Then, I won't, then, I, then I, won't, I won't get paid. And then, you know, what's the point? That is true. Well, have you ever heard the story about Brian Cranston? I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do that while it's loading the page. But he once joined a songwriters union. So every single time he, did, you, you know, he hummed a song on Malcolm in the Middle, he got a residual for that and did a party at the end of the series for everyone with the money. Yeah. This is the person who people want to see play Doctor Doom. And I could see that. He's an ominous villain. Okay, from The Mandalorian, he's got the mustache. He's got the... Uh, <laughs> I love, he's got the I love fa- that he's got the, the mustache cape. is his, like, you know, cue. Oh, that reminded me. So there you go. The other thing, though, is people have also suggested he play, and they've done a uh, fan illustration of him as the character. And I'll show you him again. Mm. Miles Morales. Old man Miles Morales in okay. Spider-Man The End. How okay. great would that be? Yes, I agree. I think he would be phenomenal in the role. He would be amazing in the role. He would be spectacular in the role. He would be ultimate in the role. He would be Marvel team-up in the role. 
You'd be Webb of in be the Webb role. Be Webb of, I was waiting for that one, okay. He would be Friendly Neighborhood in the role. Yes. He would be Untold Tales exactly. of in the role. <laughs> De- Deadly Foes? Ooh, he would be Lethal Foes in the role, too. <laughs> he would be um, Superior in the role. <laughs> I think you brought up uh, another, good, another good actor who could definitely join the MCU, and I don't know what... Bud, um, Bud Melman from David Letterman? He's dead. Cr- no, Brian Cranston. Mm. Well, this is a uh, time for a little story of when I got to meet the Cran Man uh, outside of the Broadway show network. We got to go see him on Broadway. And fun little tip, by the way, if you when Broadway is a thing again and you want to meet an actor, if you really want a cool experience and you've never seen a Broadway show up to that moment and you wait by the stage door, be sure to tell them that this is your first show. Okay? Fun fact about that because I got to meet uh, the actress who plays... Dr. Octagonopus's wife in the second Spider-Man movie. I forgot her name now, but I, you know, I've met her and I said, this is my first Broadway show. She goes, are you serious? And she high-fived me. I got to see Hello, Dolly that day. And let me tell you guys, that was a bitchin' show. <laughs> I got to see uh, Niles, the one from uh, Frasier. Oh, for God's sakes, Niles. But I got to see... Oh, uh, David Hyde Pierce. Yes, he yep. was phenomenal in that role, having a mustache. But in regards to that, like I said, I got to, you know, I went to go see Network with my mom and I told her, I'm like... We're going to meet Brian Cranston. Oh, we are not going to meet Brian Cranston. We are going <laughs> to we are going to meet Brian Cranston. Pro- I promise you this. So what ended up happening was we met him, and she told him, "This is my first Broadway show." He goes, "You made my show your first Broadway show," and he's pointing to himself. And he goes, she goes, "Yes." He goes, "Come over here and give me a hug and a kiss." And they hugged and kissed. And I'm like, "This is cool." So. <laughs> that happened, and you know, as I'm talking to him afterwards, I'm like, I know everyone is telling you, please go to DC and play Lex Luthor. I get it. I, you know, I understand because you were a bald bad guy once. I get it. But <laughs> please come to Marvel. Please come to Marvel. And he goes, you know, I was supposed to play Mister Sinister. And I go, I know, and I wanted to see it too. <laughs> Although now, like, I really love Mr. Sinister in the comics. I, I you know, I dunk on the uh, Hickman run, but I love sassy Mr. Sinister, where he's like a gospy little bitch. He's so great. He is like the best character. He's like, so I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a little menage a trois going on right now with Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean Grey. Just, you know, hey, you're good. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, uh, Jean isn't the only one getting snicked around here if you catch my drift. <laughs> Whatever happened to John Hamm rumored with that guy, with that character? Oh, man, there was that. There, like, they they held the ham. It, you know, he was not kosher in that moment. Oh. Da, 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 da. Wow. Superman. But in regards... Oh, stilt man, even. Mm-hmm. See, Hamm I would love to see involved in the Marvel Universe playing something. I don't know what, but John Hamm would be fantastic in there. And actually, let me... This is one that I'm surprised no one has ever said... He looks like the John Romita Jr. version of the character. Put him in a black T-shirt. Put him in a black trench coat. White go-go boots. Baby, you got a Punisher going. John Hamm would make a good Punisher. Okay. And I get that, yeah, you know, we have uh, John Bernthal going around saying, But. That's a good impression. Thank you. (laughs) But I get that. You know, he was really good in the role. But John Hamm would make a damn good Punisher. And he's of the age where he could say, I'm a Gulf War veteran. Go around doing that. Or even Iraqi War veteran, you know, in 2001, Afghanistan Afghanistan War. Do that with that level of the PTSD of the character. 
you could have a really good Punisher in the form of John Hamm. Thank yeah, you for coming to my one. TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, don't, I, I, I agree. I never would have thought about that, but you're, I, I can definitely picture it. And I'm surprised no one has ever really said that. Although, quite frankly, you know, when we did our Punisher rewatch a couple years ago, or Punisher rewatch slash watch for the first time ever, in my case for some of them, I love the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Like, I unironically love the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. And I think it's a movie that a lot of people give flack to. If you have the opportunity to watch it, watch it. It is really good. I think I got you a copy of it, didn't I, Eddie? You did. I watched it, but I still, What did you, you think? Know, oh, yeah. And well, yeah, because we did an episode about it. We absolutely did. The three versions, I if lo- you will. I and the, um, the three faces of Foley, except it's, you know, not Mick Foley. It's the Punisher. But... I love the Lundgren Punisher because of the 80s cheese to it. It's like a it's like a Charles Bronson movie, Pally. No dice. How does Charles Bronson like his beverages? No ice. This ain't over. <laughs> that was a, that that was a good movie. And that um, I was hoping you say it's a good Bronson was, impression. Uh, that too. No Pally. Freaking love. I love Charles Bronson, man. Don't even get me started. I was actually watching Once I'm, Upon a Time in the West today a little bit, and mwah, Chef Kiss. That's a good one. I mean, all the death wishes are good. Ten to midnight, uh, hard times, assassination, so Murphy's, the mechanic. Murphy's law. Yeah, they're, they're all good. Uh, Lorenzo's death, oil. Death wish. They're so good. <laughs> and they're all the same plot. Mm-hmm. Everything. Well, it's always the same same storyline. If you have the but, opportunity uh, uh, to watch it, I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or not, or it might even be on HBO Max. Uh, look up Electric Boogaloo, the untold story of Canon Pictures, and they tell the story about Charles Bronson working on the Death Wish movies, and in between takes, they got him a little golf cart to go from you know from set to set, as well as to his trailer. A little golf cart for Charles Bronson. Just imagine that. No, Pally, we're going to go on to the nine. <laughs> no, Pally, let me um, get my five iron. <laughs> but I, but you're right, though, about that Punisher movie, because to me, that was, I, I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD somewhere around here, but they weren't trying to do anything to do with that movie. You know what I mean? It just was, it was an eight, just like you said, it was a late 80s movie. It was gritty. It was just what it was. Wasn't, yeah. They weren't trying to be the best, the next best thing. It was just entertaining. But he was driving. He lived in an old circus. <laughs> what was it? Just driving the motorcycle down the the, the tunnels. Like it was so silly. There's uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yes. And it, like I said, I said on the show, it is the prototype version of the Joker and Batman scene from The Dark Knight, and like no one acknowledges that. It is absolutely that scene because the whole he's interrogating him in the police, you know, the precinct. And you just hear, what do you what do you call uh, 500,000 people dead? Work in progress. As he's trying to do his best alone impression, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is that scene. And, you know, like then he starts beating the ever loving bejesus out of the Punisher. So it is that scene. One hundred percent It is the prototype scene for that. Thank you again for coming yeah. to my TED Talk. When was that? 80s? That was the mid-80s, right? Oh, no, Late the TED 80s? Talk I was mean... just now. No. <laughs> was it like 89, I think, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 89, but it never got released until 1990 because they were trying to, like, you know, distribution deals. And yeah. 
it just became a essentially it did have a theatrical release, but it was like a one and done kind of thing, and then it just went right to uh, VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, battling the yakuza. There's just so, again, there's so much like as of right now, the Punisher is a hot button topic character of everything, but give it time to cool down. I would love to see the Punisher introduced into the MCU because why not? You know, you could do something with it, and of course. There's a lesson to be learned with the character. Do that. I don't care. But, you know, that that's the thing about this. Punisher at one point was the hottest character in the world of comics. Like, you have back-to-school specials with the Punisher. <laughs> Literally, the Punisher back-to-school special. What does that entail? Enlighten me. What does that entail? And then you have the Punisher meets Archie, which is my favorite oh crossover my of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You had the summer special, you had a Christmas special, or a Christmas annual, a couple of those, I think. Again, why do you have a Christmas special for the Punisher? What family does he go to? (laughs) The one in most need. Yeah, that's right. There's just so, so much bizarre stuff with the Punisher. I love... You know, for example, the Matthew Rosenberg run of the Punisher, where they just say, you know what, screw it, we're gonna give him the War Machine armor. Oh my god, yeah. And... It's just it's so bizarre, so bonkers, and I've I've gone on like many times talking about the Punisher. He has such a strange trajectory for his character. Let's see what has happened to the Punisher. His family died. Okay, that's fine. Well, not for him. But then you have also the element of what he's gone through. He's become a Frankenstein's monster. He's changed his skin color to become a person of color. He's also had back to school specials again, Christmas specials. He's met Archie in Riverdale for some reason. He's become War Machine now. And he went into space, didn't he? He oh, fuck <laughs> Yeah, he did go into space. Didn't he blow up didn't he blow up the planet that they were fighting on that the everyone was fighting on? Remember he killed Hulk? <clears throat> But I, I got to point out to that that you uh, you brought up the Archie comic. Uh, I, I know it was like '90s. Can you imagine like that coming out now with the Punisher with a gun at a high school dance? Like how cre- how weird is that to think about now? Well, he's a chaperone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to put the bow on this episode because there's no other way up from here. <laughs> after- I'm sorry, sorry. Eddie Eddie popped me huge with that whole line of. Didn't he go to space? Yeah, he did go to space. (laughs) (sighs) All right. It's like his bucket list, you know, whatever. Space, (laughs) check. (laughs) See Stevie Nicks naked. Check, check, check. (laughs) What one shot is that one? Well, we'll find out, true believers, won't we? Ah. Cue the gold dust woman now, please. (laughs) Nick, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today's episode. Wow, thank you. I, I Honestly, when you invited me on... That was 2019. I, yeah, it was, a long, it was a while ago. I apologize, but I'm like, man, I don't. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to have anything to say. And I feel like I, I did pretty well. Hey Eddie, uh, how long is the recording hour. time on this episode? Yeah, we're over an hour. Yeah, say so. Yeah, I guess yeah. there's nothing to talk about. But there we go. You know what? I'll tell you. To be honest, I heard I got tired of hearing Peter say, "Yeah, Nick, we got to get, we got to get." Screw it. I'm going to text him. And then the wheels started to turn for real. Proud Mary, Kurt, keep on turning, rolling. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. Oh, you're supposed to say rolling too, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling, rolling like a river. Anyway, Nick, how can people find you on social media? <laughs> oh goodness, um, what is my Instagram? You got to prepare it, brother. Where you're going to ask questions like that? I think my Instagram is at Nick Kessler. I am. That is my uh, 
Instagram handle. That's the best. Don't add me on Facebook. If I'm not friends with you, I don't want you to follow me. Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> where it's at. Very cool. I was thinking of the case of the guy who did, the radio guy who didn't want listeners or something. No, that is the yeah. worst Hardy Boys book I've ever read. It's terrible. You you you, you can certainly um, listen to me if you'd like on uh, ninety two seven and ninety six nine WRRV. Now wait one <laughs> cotton picking minute, Nick. Isn't there a WRRV app available for all iOS and Android devices? <laughs> yeah, there is, and it's free. Get that. There is. You can take. You can put me in your pocket. And take me with you. That's kinky. Wherever you go. Yeah. Very kinky. There is definitely an app. So, um, now. So. It's, uh, <laughs> you can listen. You can hear me on that app every weekday from 6 to 10. So, there you go. We don't talk about comics as much as I'd like to. But I like to think I'm still pretty cheery and, and, and funny. Well, we're going to have you back on very soon in regards to the topic of comic collecting because your collection has gotten massive. And while the point of this episode was the movies and stuff, like I said, stay tuned, True Believers. Nick is coming back. Yeah. Glad you're in. You want thing. to come back? One more. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Hey, we got to ask permission. I, just, I got a Fantastic Four 48, you know, first Galactus, and I texted Peter a picture. He didn't even, like, react. I was like, wow. Like showing a picture, I'm like showing you a picture of my my an, my wife's ultrasound, and you don't even care. Wow! Uh, I, just took, I kind of took offense to it. That's all. Okay, so we'll have to correct that behavior. Jeez, oh, Louise Simonson. <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that uh, when you have me back then. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Nick Kessler, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. It's Obsessed with Marvel with our guest, Nick Kessler. Nick, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it. You got it. Let's, let's see how much I don't know. <laughs> the same as us. Question number 1314. Armbar. It goes like this. Where did Jubilee first encounter members of the X-Men? At a mall. Choices are the Australian Outback. Nope. The Shi'ar Throne World. A California shopping mall. Yep. Or a Manhattan department store. Where did Jubilee first encounter members of the X-Men? I'll read the answers again. The Australian Outback, the Shi'ar Throne World, a California shopping mall, or a Manhattan department store? Well, I think I got to go shopping mall since I heard Peter. <laughs> Unless he's messing with me. Outback doesn't sound right. Does a mall brat eat chili fries? Or does a mall baby uh, chili fries? There I mean, we she go. Was a teen, she was a teenager. I'm going to go with the shopping mall. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time right. when Peter's you okay. know answering along the way, he, most of the time it's pretty pretty accurate. So let us see. Let's okay. do that. California shopping mall. That is correct. Okay, yeah. California raising the stakes. Heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> How much longer till you be mine? Whoa, that's pretty good. Thank you. All right. <laughs> That's pretty good for doing a ref, and I break him up with that. Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty funny. He was like, that's pretty good. I tried to pace the uh, degree and amount of compliments I give him. Nick, I you got to understand. I hate my laugh, by the way. Well, it's, like, what it's, the hell is that? It's, it's like a squeak, squeak, squeaking door. It's a screech, squeal kind of thing. You're not expecting it. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond, by the way. The, the, yeah, yeah. That's right. Screech. All right. Question 693. Why didn't Spider-Man join the Avengers 
when he was offered membership in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three. He had to go to the prom, which was from 1966. Why didn't he join the Avengers? He was not interested in joining a team. He failed his assignment to locate the Hulk. He refused to capture the Hulk, or he would have to. He would have had to reveal his own secret identity. I think it was the last one because in order to be an Avenger, you have to have like the ID and everything. You have to have your ID known. Yeah, that was going to be, I was going to go with uh, D there. That was going to be my guess. Okay, again, not interested in joining a team, failed to his assignment to locate the Hulk, refused to capture the Hulk, or what seems like we're going to go with D, he would have had to reveal his own secret identity. It sounds right. No. <laughs> and the what? answer is he refused to capture the Hulk. We're going to have to look All that right. sucker up. Amazing I- Spider-Man Annual number three. Okay. We'll go back to that one. That's and two more than one. Sure, that's out of my price range. That's why I haven't read it. Uh, right. Well, you know, I, I'm hoping eventually more things get reprinted so you can. Well, I was telling Eddie make about the, uh, the the I think they're called the Mighty Masterworks now, but, and they're for yeah. ch- they're for children. But it's like it's reprintings of the original books, and it's kind of cool. It's like super discounted too. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. All right. So that's why I sent it to you because they had a fantastic four one, Eddie. Oh, nice. And now you're on, okay. I know you're trying to get those. Here we go. Question five eight two. Who was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live in Marvel Team-Up number 74? I have in this which, issue. Yeah, me too. In which Spider-Man visited the show. It's 1978 time. All right, who was the musical guest? The Dazzler, Rick Jones. Rick Jones. The Hypno-Hustler, or Lila Cheney? Yeah, Lila Cheney wasn't created until the 1980s in the New Mutants. Okay. Uh, read the, what are they again? Yeah. Musical guest, Saturday Night Live, Marvel Team-Up number 74. Who was the Marvel Team-Up uh, co, co-person, co whatever, on the cover? <laughs> it's a long a long title, actually. It was Marvel Team-Up featuring Spider-Man and the Not Ready for Primetime Players, I believe. That was the Team-Up uh, title on the front. The Dazzler, Rick Jones, the Hypno-Hustler, or Lila Cheney? And you're saying what, uh, Peter? Lila was never created until the 1980s. This book is from this book is from a uh, 78, 78. Yeah, and it's it's the prime SNL lineup of the original uh, group, minus yeah. uh, Chevy Chase. Okay, so Belushi, and Bill Murray, be, yeah. And this would Gilda. be so you're asking who's on the cover or who's the no, musical guest? The musical guest. I was saying the uh, the title of the the full uh, cover. Yeah, it's Rick Jones, bitch. You're saying Rick Jones? Seventy-eight was the da- was the Dazzler. It could I not have been in the X-Men, but I don't know yeah. if it would have been a Marvel team. If I feel like I would have heard that. The reason I'm um, saying it's not Dazzler is because of the fact if she... Sh- well, first off, she didn't show up until 79 or 80. I believe you're right on that. I do yeah. remember, I thought on the cover, a, a disco ball. That would have made me think Dazzler, but that's probably a wrong line of thinking. And the hypno-hustler was a... A, a hustler a, who hypnoed. A villain, I thought, of some... Yeah, so why would he criminal. be? Why would be? Why would he be the guest? Right, exactly. Special host Stan Lee. Yeah, that's right. True believer. Now taking the stage. Here's never mind. It would have to be Rick Jones because Rick Jones was always trying to be like the rock star in the Marvel universe. Bringing his guitar. Slash, as a slash Forrest guitar. Gump. Let's be honest. He's the Forrest Gump of the Marvel universe. He, <laughs> he became yeah. Captain Marvel. He helped out the Hulk. He became Bucky for like a week. Yeah. He's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Now he's alive again. I'm, Something. Married? Not married? I, I, I got I got I'm gonna go with Peter with the lifeline because I, I have no clue. Or it's I, gotta I, be, I first. Yeah, it's gotta I be first would have went with Dazzler, but I, I don't think she was there yet. Yeah, I was kind of leaning Dazzler too, and then all right. So let's try Rick Jones. Let her be. It is correct. And by the way, if it was Dazzler, wouldn't Dazzler have helped out? 
Right. So exactly, yeah. She's not going to sit on her laurels. She is going to be Dazzler fighting. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I feel Turn, like, turning I feel like music. Dazzler's too big for us at hell, too. Wasn't she a big rock? <laughs> I don't know. Well, turning the music You're, into uh, light uh, and stuff. Yeah. Let the music play. Shannon. They won't get away. 1983, I think. Good song. Okay, question three, two, one. And Blast off. That'll be our fourth and I think final question. Who was the new hate monger who worked with the Psycho Man? Didn't we do this question before? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should know it then. Yeah, exactly. We'll probably get it wrong again then. (laughs) All right, so again, who was the new hate monger who worked with the Psycho Man? Was it a clone of a fanatical dictator? Was it a fanatical no. human follower of Psycho Man? Was it a shape-shifting android or the Psycho Man himself? Who was the new hate monger who worked with the Psycho Man? A clone of a fanatical dictator, a fanatical human follower of Psycho Man, a shape-shifting android, or the Psycho Man himself? I'm going to go with a, just a straight guess. I'm going to go to Fanatic. This oh, is the first what your guys' thoughts are. The clone of the fanatical dictator? The first time ever that I'm going to do this, I'm going to go with a guest choice. The joke is I always go with the guest choices usually when I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> so, t- Nick, are you saying the clone of Fanatical Dictator, not the uh, fanatical human follower of Psycho Man? Yes, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Well, I kind of have no clue on this either, so I'm just going to have to not overthink it and, and, and go with letter A. No, the answer is, oh, my Eddie sense was right, a ship, shape-shifting android. Uh, Say that five times fast. Five times yeah, fast. Well, now I don't know how much I'm going to lose all this sleep tonight because <laughs> I did so poorly. At, I don't uh, think so. We're game. we're straight two for two for four, and that's kind of on par with what. Well, sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're just right, that, right down the middle. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Do do. Sometimes you don't. We're out of here. <laughs>